This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to be getting back to our roots. For those of you who've been listening to the program for several years, originally, we talked about social media and the importance of using social media, because it really is a tool that virtually everybody who is in business should at least consider. Now, you know, we'll be honest, it's not for everybody, but it, it, it is, it's, to me, it's cool. I love it, all these fun things, but we haven't really talked about it for a while. And so we're going to have so much fun talking about it again today with my fabulous guest, Marie Encontrera. So welcome, Marie. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. You know, we have virtually met because you have uh, pitched other people for the program to be guests. Right. And so this mm-hmm. is so much fun to be able to talk to you and <laughs> Thank you. talk about what you do. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you. So Marie is a social media and marketing consultant, a virtual assistant, and a jazz musician. Her virtual assistant and consulting services include social media and online branding services for individuals and small businesses, media bookings, like we mentioned, for podcasts, internet radio, traditional radio, and more, TEDx talk development and speaker booking outreach, blogging and ghostwriting on platforms including Thrive, Quora, Medium, LinkedIn Pulse, and more, and general VA services. Her clients have included national best-selling business authors, medical professionals, wellness experts, a popular science-based gaming app, and more. Her speaking clients have booked TEDx conferences across the country and TEDx residencies in New York City. Her media clients have been booked on popular podcasts <laughs> such as mine and radio <laughs> stations such as The World's Most Amazing People, Entrepreneur on Fire, and more. So again, Marie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know, it, it is so much fun to talk to someone who does social media as their business. Um, you do, you know, as you mentioned, you do other things, but we'll talk yes. a lot about the social media to start with. Mm-hmm. And what I really like is the fact that you are, shall we say, the younger demographic. I think I'm probably <laughs> old enough to be your mother. I'll try to not <laughs> fall into that. But it, it's nice because it's a different perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, you, as in your generation, you know, you're, I'm assuming a millennial. Yes. yes so you grew up with these mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, now this will really give away my age. Um, <clears throat> I never touched a computer till I was in college. <laughs> a computer. I mean, you know, not, and, yeah. I mean, isn't that, you know, and, and so it, we didn't, you know, my, my generation did not grow up with it. We certainly didn't grow up with smartphones and things like right. that. So, mm-hmm. In many ways, we're still very hesitant about social media. We don't sure. trust it. We think it's intrusive. You know, oh my gosh, they gather your data and they sell it to somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, for Pete's sakes. You know, when, when people were complaining about that, I just had to laugh. And I told people, I said, you are using a free public platform. Absolutely. You mm-hmm. know? And and if you don't like it, don't use it. You know, but understand that, hello, they make their money from advertising. Right. They can't do that without your information. Um, right, right. You know, showing me a picture of, say, parasailing, you know, an ad for parasailing it is not going to work. You know, I have no, that looks cool, but I'm never going to do that. Never going to click the link. But if they have an ad that pertains to me, I will do that. You know, I've, I've bought products off of Click and Facebook links. Mm-hmm. You know, so that is why that information is out there. Um, now, is it wise to limit what you put out there, obviously. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because what I have found is my generation, because we didn't grow up with it, we tend to be the overshares. And and I'd love to get your, your feedback on that because yeah. you know, we don't realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't put our birth date out there. We shouldn't play the game that tells people where our hometown was, what our birth date was, all of those various things. And, 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 you know, and, and I'm bad. I share information about my vacations, all those right. various things. Mm-hmm. 
And but if you grew up with it, you are more conscious of the fact that you need to be protective of your data. Yeah, it's really interesting because what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, and I, I'm kind of in a, a funny uh, age because I didn't I, I first got a computer when I was 12 years old, mm -hmm. but I didn't start social media until I, w I was actually in college mm -hmm. and Facebook started while I was in college. Mm -hmm. And um, so what I'm seeing a lot is that, yes, you're right. You know, the older de demographic can be an oversharer, um, but also the kids who have had social media since they're babies can be oversharers right. also because, because they, they don't did it forever. Exactly. And they don't know what life is like without it. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, I have friends who set up their kids' Facebook accounts when right. they were like six months old. Sure, sure. And part of that was to save it, you know, and, and that's that's always a good marketing thing is, you mm -hmm. know, get your own um, URL of your name, you know, all those various things. Even if you're not going to use a platform, go ahead and get your name so nobody else does. But, right. yeah, it's it's so weird that we how much we share, how much we don't share, all those various things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so that leads me to the fact that many business owners, especially, you know, the, the more mature ones, <laughs> will say, I don't want to be on Facebook. Right. You know, they might be mm -hmm. on LinkedIn because they do understand that that's the more professional thing. They're, you know, I told you off the air, I don't have an Instagram account. And, sure. and it's really not that, you know, I have anything against it. It's that I really only have a certain period of time, you know, amount of time that I can, can do all of this. Right. But, whoops, um, we um, have... You know, we, we think about it, we think, well, it's a waste of time. We shouldn't be doing it. You know, all these various things. So when you have a business owner who comes to you and says, Marie, I really think that I, I don't even know. Should I be on Facebook? Isn't it a waste of time? What do I do? What do you tell them? I say, yes, you should absolutely <laughs> be on social media. <laughs> and um, it's funny because, you know, a lot of my clients at this point are more seasoned business owners mm -hmm. um, who have been in the game for 20, 30 years sometimes. And uh, some of them are just starting out their social media, mm -hmm. you know, and some of them are just really starting to learn sort of they learned it the hard way that they could have ha been on social media for all these years and right. have built their platform because now the thought, you know, thought leadership is something that's really popular now. Mm -hmm. And everybody's trying to become a thought leader, and there's a lot of noise out there, and um, a lot of it's on social media. Right. You know, and, and that's where it is, you know, that the thing that they need to be is they have to have that presence. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and, and you mentioned in your book, and tell us quickly the title of your book. The title of my book is Social Your Book Launch, mm -hmm. and um, it's geared toward uh, mostly nonfiction authors, but there's a little bit of uh, wisdom about fiction mm -hmm. in there. Um, but it's part of a, a Social Your series that I'm uh, starting. So the next oh, cool. book will be Social Your Business. Perfect. Well, and I, I read the book. Great mm -hmm. book. And it's actually good so for anyone, you know, not just mm -hmm. authors. But we'll talk Absolutely. in particular about how it's good for authors in a moment. But mm -hmm. one of the things you mentioned is, you know, these people who set up, say, their Facebook page because somebody told them they needed to. Right. And then it's a ghost town. Yeah. You know, they never <laughs> post again. Why right. is that not a good thing? Well, so one of the first things that it's funny, one of the first things I say in my book and one of the first things I say to new clients is you have to be posting every day. And they you go, must ah. do it. Exactly. They say, what do I, I'm a busy professional. And yes, I understand that. And, um, you know, the, the thing about social media is it's kind of an indicator of how well you're doing and also what your business is like. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of um, an immediate social proof for your potential buyers. Right. So if you if. Let's say if I'm going to buy from, um, I don't know, The Gap mm -hmm. or um, modcloth.com, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about books right now. I'm talking about clothes, right. mm -hmm. uh, just as an example. Um, if I go to modcloth.com's page and I see nothing there, well, I'm really not going to trust that. But they right. have a really vibrant um, community online, and they have lots and lots of reviews. They have lots of instant social proof just on their Facebook page or just on their Twitter, for example. So I'm going to immediately trust that brand. And the same thing is true 
when it comes to your book. Mm -hmm. People want to know that you're an engaged author. You're willing to talk about your, your product. You're willing to engage with your readers. You make your, your readers feel like they're part of a community. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, let, let's really talk about the book because it was very mm -hmm. interesting. And I especially want to talk about it because I have so many people that say, I need to, I want to, I should write right. a book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for the most part, it's, as you said, it's a business book. It's nonfiction, right. um, you know, and, and, but the same rules apply for people who are writing fiction, mm -hmm. but, and then they, they don't know what to do. And one of the things that you mentioned numerous times is start early. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us more about why that's so important. Sure. So, um, you know, clients will come to me and they'll say, well, why don't we just start the week of my book launch? Mm -hmm. And uh, my, my answer to them is always that's really harmful. And the reason uh, for that is because social media is really not about selling. Mm -hmm. If you go on social media uh, on week one and week two, you start saying, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, and you don't say anything else, mm -hmm. it's going to get you ignored. Right. The way that you uh, use social media to sell is it's really the long game. Mm -hmm. You really have to be committed to it. And, you know, granted, Lots of people don't have time for this, so that's why they hire someone like me to go in and maintain it. You have to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And step one is you have to make your audience trust you, and you have to start playing with the algorithm. So, Which every, change like every other day. Exactly, but, but they basically all work the same way, and that's that um, the more your posts are engaged with, mm -hmm. the higher they rank in the algorithm. Right. So... Um, if you're posting and nobody likes it, nobody comments, nobody shares, then nobody sees it. Mm -hmm. But um, with a consistent engagement um, with your audience, eventually you'll start to pop up at the at the top of everybody's feed. Right. Because um, the the platform sees that your posts are valuable. So that's step one. Step two is you start to build trust. You provide free content. And that's part of the reason that I book my clients on podcasts is because I help them create content. Mm -hmm. um, you want to be providing some really valuable free content like blogs, podcasts, inter interviews. Um, you know, sometimes I do branded content graphics so that they can get their information out there in a really, um, really fast, really visual way. Mm -hmm. And um, basically what you're doing is you're, you're teaching your audience. You're saying, hey, I have something to say. And once they start engaging with that and realizing they start following your thought leadership, then then you can say to them, hey, buy my book. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, type of thing. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And that's a long game. That could take up to a year. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and let's be honest, folks, especially if we're just writing a business book. Mm -hmm. For the most part, that's not our moneymaker. You know, right. Unless we're, you know, a Stephen Covey, uh, you know, a Seth Godin, somebody like that, people could care less. Right. The, the book is to show, the, it, it's to provide that social proof, you know, that, that we mm -hmm. do know what we're talking about. And of course, the cool thing is we can self-publish all these various things. So it's not nearly as difficult as it used to be. Right. You know, speakers use it as the way that they can sell, you know, something in, in the back of the room, all these various things. So it, giving it away is not a bad thing. I mean, yes, you do. Exactly. Want, you know, and, and so giving the content away really is, is what is, is, you know, something that is, is highly recommended. And I love that you talk about, you know, giving a chapter away, giving, you know, making memes out of the quotes, all these exactly. various things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and I, I love that you said this and um, it's, I think it's a really important point is that giving it away is really, it's really not harmful to your business. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and if you, if you look at the great business authors out there right now mm -hmm. and you look at their blogs and you read their book, there's a lot of the same content right? or a lot of similar content. They're not giving away a hundred percent of the book, but they might be giving away 40, 50% mm -hmm. or the first you, chapter or something. I mean, something exactly. that wet your whistle. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because you have to build that trust first. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of the things that you talked about in your book is, is near and dear to me, and that is providing those free copies to people who are going to promote the book. Hello, right. like me. Exactly. Um, and, and it's funny. We always tell guests, you know, for, for people who want to be on our program, we never charge. However, if you are an author, 
we request, we don't require, but we request a copy of your book, especially mm -hmm. if you want to talk about it. Now, you know, there are people who don't want to talk about their book or it's their 10th book that's come out or, or something like that. But right. if you want to talk about your book, then I'm going to read it. And I am one of those people. I read the book before I do the interview. Yeah. So that I can say, well, hey, in this chapter, I saw such and such. And, and I know that that doesn't always happen. But I get pushback on occasion from people mm -hmm. who don't want to give me the book. Now, I have, you know, I have the, the prime version of Amazon. So mm -hmm. for the most part, I can get a Kindle book either free or pretty cheap. You know, so sure. it's not, not really a huge deal, but it's the kind of the principle of the matter that they won't give me a book. What I really like is sometimes when I actually get the printed one and, you know, the hard copy and they've autographed it. I mean, that's very special. I think yeah, that's really that cool. is but sweet. an e-version works just as well for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. And my, my office would run out of space because I interview a lot of authors, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I've only ever had one person who completely refused. She said, this is how I earn my living. I will not give you a copy. Here's the link. The Kindle wow. version, the Kindle version was 50 bucks. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and now it was an extremely technical book. Um, and, yeah. and classes used it. I mean, there was, her market was very different than the standard reader. But, it, and so I didn't read it. And I told her, I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. You know, if you can't mm -hmm. at least provide me with a couple chapters or something, we won't discuss it during your interview. Right. You know? right. And, mm -hmm. um, but, but, you know, it's folks, when you write a book, it's your promotional material. You Absolutely. need to be using it as a way to open that door. You know, if you're a speaker, send a copy of your book to whoever is uh, in charge of the, the programs you know, to the podcast host, all those various things. And I promise we don't share them. You know, it's not like right. I'm going to say, hey, here's the, here's the free version of, of Marie's book. I direct people where to buy it. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it is one of those things. But talk to us a little bit more about, you know, I you mentioned the fact that we need to be posting daily. And many people go, Eek! it's it, it's not difficult once you get into the habit of doing it. So talk to us about some of the things that authors can be posting to really get that that reputation, you know, people knowing, hey, this is somebody that is an expert in their field, all those various things. Sure. So, um, for example, I'm going to use the nonfiction um, example first. Um, you know, a lot of us do research. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have really interesting findings. You know, if you find some some interesting piece of research, for example, for your book on, mm -hmm. let's say, marketing right. and um, you might want to highlight that and you can create a post about that on LinkedIn and people who are in your network, who are, you know, your peers or your colleagues or might hire you one day, they might see that and mm -hmm. um, start to engage with you. So you you can be posting about your research. Um, you can be posting um even even things like, hey, I'm starting a new chapter today. Here's what my new chapter is on. Mm -hmm. You know, you want you want to involve people in the process as much as you can, because then it gives you them a sense of ownership. Right. And, and they eagerly await it because they've they've been waiting for it. Absolutely. You know, one one of the things, um, by the way, I I'm completely upfront about this. I did the Chandler Bolt um, self-publishing school mm -hmm. right. uh, class. I, I bought that course. It's pretty amazing because you can literally write a short book in a weekend, which is what I did. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the, th the things he says is here's a stealth, he calls it a stealth marketing uh, coup. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you post three versions of your book cover and you say, yeah. hey guys, which mm -hmm. one do you like best? And you might even have in your head which one you like best, mm -hmm. but it gives people a reason to be involved in your conversation right. that's not salesy. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be salesy. You want mm -hmm. to um, really just, just spark conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the tips that was an aha moment to me, and then of course it made perfect sense, but it was mm -hmm. one I'd never thought of was, you know, we all have our mentors, our peers, somebody in our industry that we think, Ooh, if we could just catch their attention. Yeah. And your suggestion was to contact them and say, Hey, I'm writing this book. Could I interview you for it? Yep, exactly. And when the book comes out, you send them the, you know, the information and say, you know, here we quoted you in this because probably they're then going to promote it. Exactly. Exactly. And who doesn't want to be interviewed for a book? Right. Right. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I think probably even Simon Sinek wouldn't say no to that, you know, or, or somebody mm -hmm. who's like a real top thinker 
probably wouldn't say no to sitting down with you for 15 or 20 mm-hmm. minutes and giving you some information for your book. Right. Because you know, that's huge. And obviously you have to be prepared. You know, these of are, course. for the most part, people that are very busy. So have mm-hmm. your questions. You might even send them your questions in advance. But it needs to also be clear that it's not just self-serving. You know, I'm, I'm not going to contact you and say, hey, Marie, I'm writing this book. And because you're an expert and, and I know that you have so many contacts, right. you know, and, and mm-hmm. because I have had people say that, you know, you have so many contacts that you can reach. No, (laughs) you're not using my name to do this. Right, right, exactly. There has to be a reason behind it, but that can really give you some mileage and you can really make make it really fun. Mm -hmm. You know, you can write a blog post about it. You can, if they're open to having coffee with you, take a selfie with them, you know, and say, hey, I had a great time interviewing, you know, X, Y, and Z for my book Mm -hmm. that's coming out. And, And that'll give people... You know, they want to be involved in the fun of the process, too, because writing a book, you know, should be one of the more rewarding things that you do with your life. Right. You know, and one of the things that you mentioned that I don't do that I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I need to, to figure out a way to do this is, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this interview via Skype. Right. Now, we do it audio so mm-hmm. that, you know, it, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is, hello, it's radio. But... <laughs> um, you mentioned doing at least you know, a little bit of it with video because mm-hmm. then there's my picture, there's your picture and you do a screen dump, you know, whatever you're doing. Exactly. Then you use that as a way to help promote the program. So I love that idea. Yeah. And one of the fun things about that is, um, and this is sort of where Instagram can be a really big asset is that nowadays things don't have to be really professional looking, especially right. if you're doing a Skype or a zoom, mm-hmm. you know, just take a screenshot of that and, right. And put it on Instagram and people, you know, they don't care about production anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's a 30 second video of you holding up your iPhone and saying Mm -hmm. something or showing a FaceTime uh, conversation, Mm -hmm. people don't mind that it's that it's not great quality. Right. Well, and, you know, to be honest, I'm sitting here, I've got my headphones on. Yeah. No makeup, you know, a, a t-shirt. Now it's a clean t-shirt, <laughs> you know, and, and so yeah, we're not getting dressed up to do these interviews. Now, if right. I were talking to someone in their office, you know, they're, and they were like a big company type of, mm-hmm. of office, they're probably going to be dressed up a little bit more. But yeah, it's not going to be a fabulous picture to start with, but it's a fun picture. And I think that's sometimes where people forget is you should be, you know, even if it's a very serious topic, sometimes you can still have fun with it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially nowadays with the, you know, the future of work is freelance and I'm a freelancer and you're, you're probably, you're at home, right? Mm -hmm. So nobody expects that we're going to be in business suits. Right. Sitting in our living rooms, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I think it's okay to show, you know, that this is, this is what work looks like for us. Well, and in fact, it would be a little bit weird if somebody now, (laughs) I just had this conversation with someone who Mm -hmm. uh, she's a friend of mine on Facebook and she home offices and, but she has decided to upgrade her image. Mm -hmm. So every day she posts pictures of what she's going to wear and, you know, and, and then asks for, you know, should I do this necklace? What about this top? All the, and we're having a great deal of fun with this. I mean, it's, it's been a great way to connect with her, but I said, and, but then she will say in there what she's doing for the day. And so frequently it will be, I will just be working from home. And I, I told her, I said, you know, I know that people say you will take your business more seriously. Sometimes if you dress a little bit different, you know, if I'm here in my schlubby, dirty clothes, then I might not. (laughs) And, and she said, yeah, that was it. And, but I, and she said, and you never know when a client might want to talk by Skype. I said, that's why I don't have my Skype on all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very true you know we're we're people and as you said we we have gotten past the point where we expect the slick the pretty um and in many ways we're suspect of it when we see it it's like well Absolutely. wait a minute they're sitting there in their home office in a suit that's a little weird right <laughs> yeah and, and to speak to that point actually if you know for example we're having this conversation over skype audio right now mm-hmm. um let's say we were going to have this conversation over video just so we could create some Instagram posts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it might be the kind of thing where you give somebody some warning and say, Hey, listen, by the way, right. yeah. we're going to mm-hmm. turn on the camera, mm-hmm. you know, this way they don't show up in their pajamas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, and, and, and the nice thing is, you know, usually you're just having to dress from the waist up, um, right. <laughs> but it is, you know, it, it would be something that would be a lot of fun to be able to take those pictures. And, and I need to remember to do that. I just thought, I thought that was a great Thank tip you. that you had. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, one of the other things that you talk about in your book is kind of, and, and we've already mentioned it, getting everybody else to help you promote it. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Deborah Jason did this wonderfully with her book, and her book is called Millionaire Millionaire Marketing on a Shoestring Budget. Oh, so, fantastic! Yeah, I know, and it's great. Every person she had talked to for the book, and then a lot of her friends, she sent a physical copy of the book to. And you know, and then she said, "Please take a picture of it, take a selfie of you yep. with the book, and post it online." So mm-hmm. of course we, we all did, you know, and, and she, you know, and, and it was, it was almost like it, well, it was an event, which, mm-hmm. you know, you talk in your book about how to do events and it really was something that was a lot of fun. You know, some of us didn't, you know, like me, I held the book in front of my face because I wasn't going to go comb my hair and do all of that stuff. <laughs> so you yeah. got my eyes and my fingers, you know, all those various things. And then of course people said something about the book. Even mm-hmm. if it was just looking forward to reading it, but most of us had already read it. So then we were able to say, oh my gosh, I loved this tip, that tip, whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. And I love that, that advice. And I even talk about that. Um, and um, actually it was, it was so sweet. It was one of my former clients mm-hmm. um, who I helped with his fiction book. Um, and we built him from scratch. Mm-hmm. We built him from absolute scratch. You know, he was, he's a retiree. He uh, wrote this book because he had always wanted to write a book. And we just sort of started from the bottom on social. Um, the day it came out, because my book is an ebook, he mm-hmm. printed it out and took a selfie with oh, it. That's and I said, that's sweet. the sweetest thing I have ever. <laughs> well, and, you know, another way, and, and you mentioned this, give people images that they could share. So, you know, send mm-hmm. them the copy of the, the uh, cover, you know, all these various things. So that that way they can share it. And, you know, and if you make it easy, your friends and your associates will be more than happy to help you. If you make it hard, we're all going to go, I don't have time to do this. Exactly. And a selfie takes, what, 30 seconds? Right. You know, and and one of the things about, um, it's it's really interesting because selfies get a bad rap Mm -hmm. because people think, oh, it's about vanity. It's about this and that and the other thing. But there's actually research that has shown that um, selfies are usually about connecting. Mm Mm-hmm more than they are about vanity. And of course it's very easy to overdo it. Like whenever you go to someone's Instagram account and they have too many selfies, Mm -hmm. um, one after the other, or if they're on Facebook and they're always posting selfies, it's kind of a turn off. Yeah. You're thinking, uh, their ego is just a little too big. Exactly. But if somebody posts a selfie with a book, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's kind of like a stealth selfie. It's like, okay, here I am. And here's this great book that I'm also promoting. Mm -hmm. So it's a really easy thing to do, and it's something you can encourage everybody to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we mentioned the fact that you tell people post every day, and they squeak, mm-hmm. and they carry on, and they think, oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> the other tip that I loved was that you said you'll post about yourself, mm-hmm. your, whatever it is that you're doing, every other time. That exactly. way people aren't getting overwhelmed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's something that um, – I sort of, you know, I've learned the hard way and my clients have all learned the hard way. The thing about social media is you really don't want to be too self-promotional because mm-hmm. it's very easy to see that and turn and uh, tune out. So for every post that's about, and this is especially on the more personal platform. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about uh, more Facebook and mm-hmm. Twitter than, um, I'm sorry, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn is LinkedIn, your professional anyway. Exactly. Exactly. But um, so for everything about your book, post your cup of coffee in the morning Mm -hmm. or um, post about the walk you're going on or the sunset or your your pet Mm -hmm. or, you know, your hobby, you know, have a life outside the book Mm -hmm. and show that because people want to know that you're not all about buy my book, buy my book, buy Mm -hmm. my book. And that is how we connect with people and think, wow, you know, this is somebody that, that I can you know get behind, that I can support, that I'm interested in. Exactly. Now, what about the people that are the TMIs? You know, they're, they're sharing too much personal information. <laughs> and, and it's funny, I say that, you know, having just been on vacation and posting right. a whole bunch of vacation pictures. But, of course, that's different. Right, right. <laughs> well, so 
part of the thing about these platforms is they can really become like a photo album right. and it's okay to do that. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay to post your, your vacation pictures or um, if you're in a special event and you really load Facebook or Instagram with pictures, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But TMI really ends up being more about oversharing about your, your problems, mm-hmm. about politics, you know, and what I say in my book is unless you're a political expert, nobody's going to miss your voice in the fray, right? right? Like, mm-hmm. especially this past election was really controversial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Facebook and the next is... next one's going to be just as controversial. It, so exactly. it's not stopped. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and you know, and, and Facebook can be in uh, what's called an echo chamber. So meaning that if you're on one particular side and you're posting about, let's say you're a Democrat and you're posting about that, you're going to... The algorithm is going to favor... Um, other posts that are like yours. Right. So it just becomes a time consuming uh, mess because you end up in these conversations that you'll never get out of. And then, and then they become arguments. And so my advice is to stay away from that. You know, don't post your problems on mm-hmm. Facebook. Don't say, don't complain on Facebook. It's one thing to say, I, I recently overcame writer's block mm-hmm. by X, Y, and Z. Right. Because you're that scared. might be a great tip for somebody. Exactly. But it's, it's, it's another thing to say, Ugh, writing this book is hard and I, and I wish it were over, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, cause then I'm like, why would I want to read it? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, really think about the, a good gauge is, would you want your parents to see it, mm-hmm. you know, or, or whoever it is in your family that's like, you know, that's on Facebook mm-hmm. or would I want my employer to see this? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I tell people all the time, my mother who is 85 years old, looks mm-hmm. at my Facebook page every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I always have to watch. Now, I also know that people are watching my page. Um, you know, they, they want to see, you know, in some ways they're, they're just kind of watching for me to make mistakes. I always love that. But, you know, I, you're like me, you know, we're, we're more visible. And so people right. are kind of looking for that. But, you know, it, it's still, there is that fine line. I mean, there is somebody that I'm Facebook friends with for mm-hmm. business reasons, he writes the absolute most self-serving, pithy yeah, in the yeah. world. Mm-hmm. And it's not two sentences. It's paragraphs. Of, yep. <laughs> I just, you all have that friend. <laughs> well, and it's the, I just signed a client in China, so I'm going to be spending three weeks there. Don't you, aren't you jealous? I'm like, no, dude. Yeah. You know, I've seen <laughs> you in person. You're not that good. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, now the cool thing is I love the unfollow button or the hide, you know, because <laughs> then they're still there. So he's still right. saying my stuff, you know, yeah, of course he's probably hidden me or, you know, doesn't care. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it is one of those things. There is that fine line. If he, and, and I will grant you, and my husband tells me that I do this all the time. I put a tone to it when I'm reading it, you know, instead of <laughs> seeing it as him saying, oh my gosh, I just got the coolest contract in the world. Right. Right. I see it as, oh my gosh, I just got the coolest contract in the world. You right, know? And, right, right. And so I have to watch that when I'm reading things. But my, what I'm trying to say is remember that when you're writing those posts, you know, that's actually a really great point because people assign tone Mm -hmm. to every post they read, you know, you're not the only one who does that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a really good point is if you start to do things too much, people are going to read it as that, even if it's, Oh, I, I just got a great client or whatever the case is a little too much of that can be too much. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, we want people to know what we're doing, you know, whatever it is, whether it's writing a book, doing business, all these various things, but clearly there are ways to write it. And I guess the easiest way is to think, would I want to read that from somebody else? Sure. No? Okay. Maybe I shouldn't write that either. Right. Right. Exactly. And actually um, it's, uh, there have been a lot of Facebook movements lately, like the me too movement that mm-hmm. that's been um, an online thing. Right. And I want to, I want to sort of backtrack a little bit because I did say, don't complain on Facebook, but um, I think that something Sometimes like that, it's important. Mm-hmm. Right. And something like that doesn't necessarily qualify as uh, complaining, right? you know, because you're, you're adding value. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, are, there's lots of internet activism going on right now that I think mm-hmm. is really great and really, uh, you know, contributing positively to um, our lives mm-hmm. at large. And so if you're doing that, I think, there's a really big exception and, you know, sharing your personal story can be a really valuable um, asset mm-hmm. to what you're trying to do in your life. Right. 
You know, and I always tell people, and you probably do this too, we, we tell them you still have to be authentic to yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and when we're not, that comes through. But we always have to keep in mind we might alienate people. You know, exactly. I, I have a, a business associate here in Atlanta who is an extreme on one party. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he, he makes the normal people in the party look like they're the other side. I mean, he, and, <laughs> and, and right. he's, he's also one of these who, you know, when he gets in that mode, it's people who don't agree with him are <clears throat> idiots yeah. and, you know, mm -hmm. all these various things. So not only did I stop using him for business, I will never refer to him for business mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he might say that to somebody who I respect and who I value. Exactly. Now, it, it, you know, he and I actually had a conversation about it and he said, I know I've lost clients. I said, okay. He said, but I still want to put that out there. I said, okay, as long as you recognize that, you know, our, our actions have consequences, perfectly fine. But sure. don't wonder why you lost half of your, your friends, you know, and, and you're losing clients. Right. That's exactly right. And, and I've seen it happen. You mm -hmm. know, I've seen it where, um, you know, people won't refer, uh, you know, any kind of business to somebody that they, right. that they see posts too much mm -hmm. about one party or the other, or complains too much or whatever the case is. Cause they know, mm -hmm. you know, they know that it's possible that this person might say something to their, who they're referring to. Mm -hmm. Right. So absolutely. You know, and as you said, we still want to have a little bit of the personal, you know, you mentioned that you're a jazz enthusiast and mm -hmm. I, of course, you know, we're, we're now Facebook friends. Yeah. And <laughs> one of the things that you talk about every once in a while is roller derby. Yeah, and that fascinates me, you know, because, of course, I'm from the generation <laughs> where roller derby was very different. Right. But, you know, so, so what that does then is it makes people say, oh, my gosh, Marie, tell me a little bit more about it. Right. Right. There's certainly nothing controversial about roller derby. And I hope not. Um, <laughs> no, you know, and, and, you know, so it's just a fun little thing to kind of pique people's interest. Yeah. And, and the other thing is um, and the part of the reason that I do that and I don't mind talking about my, my hobbies outside, mm -hmm. you know, like the fact that I play roller derby or the fact that I also play jazz, you mm -hmm. know, um, is because people want to know what's different about you. So right. when, when somebody's coming to me for social media, they could go to any, literally anybody mm -hmm. else. You know, there are so many social media consultants out there, but what I bring to the table is that I'm creative and I also have these other interests. So mm -hmm. for example, a wellness expert might choose me over, you know, my competition because right. they know that I have that interest mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, uh, even a business consultant that sometimes consults with creative people mm -hmm. might choose me because I'm going to be able to speak that language a little right. bit better. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it, it does set that tone, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I've, I've mentioned before that I I'm friends with someone who is a PR person. And this woman swears like a sailor. In fact, mm -hmm. she would make mm -hmm. a sailor look like they, you know, were, were Mother <laughs> Teresa. Right. And that's the way she does her posts. That's the way she does everything. I actually couldn't have her on the radio program because mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. And she said, well, I can't not do that. That's me. And I said, okay, that's fine. But she said, not only does it help her figure out who her clients should be, yep. it weeds out people. Um, Absolutely. You know, so when her clients are the, the edgy people, the people who are a little bit more out there, who who have no problem with that. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, you know, if she were, if someone was, say, a library were to go to her and say, we want you to, no, not a good fit. <laughs> right, right. Um, so that's part of getting our personality out there is it's perfectly acceptable. I mean, you know, you wouldn't go into a networking thing and never, hopefully, you, mm -hmm. you would, you know, not mention, you know, what you did over the weekend or, or whatever. You know, that's, that is part of doing business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it, it really gives your, uh, it, it makes people trust you when they see that you're an actual person, mm -hmm. even if they don't agree with what you do, you right. know, even if they're, you know, for example, if somebody wants to say that, you know, oh, roller derby, why would you do that? Well, at least we can have a conversation about it. Right. Because then you say, well, have you ever seen it? Right. Um, yeah. You know, all those various things. I have a friend who is a competitive curler. I think I said that. Oh, how right. cool. I mean, yeah. Well, and of course, you know, during the Olympics, her page blew up because yep. mm -hmm. all of us are going, oh my gosh, explain it. Tell us more about it. And then, you know, it was so cool, obviously, when, when we did so well. But, you know, it, it, 
and and you think maybe like curling this person does curling and but then you know it was like oh my gosh this is so cool so you never know where something like that's going to to happen absolutely absolutely and you know i i I have to say i've done instagram for my league you Mm -hmm. know like you never know where Mm -hmm. it's gonna where it's going to become an asset your your Mm -hmm. business will become an asset someplace else and part of that is being on social media Mm -hmm. And, and just building those relationships, you know, and mm-hmm. you mentioned it, this is not about going on to sell, you know, the, the people who go on to sell, we don't like, um, right. you know, and, and even look at the big brands, folks, you know, if you want to see how it's done well, look at some of the really big brands. Oh, absolutely. Because they tell the stories, they suck you in. I mean, it's, it's the old Budweiser Clydesdale commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. We watch those commercials because we wanted to see the horses. And yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we, and, and then of course they did it as a series of stories. And so we're like, and then we saw the right. puppy get lost and, oh, you know. And, yeah. And, and, and then you the kind frogs of thought, oh, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> remember the, remember the Budweiser frogs? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I used to love that. That yeah. was, that was the mm-hmm. thing that, you know, I, I would look for. Um, actually one of my favorite examples, um, because, because it's such a great social media marketing tool is Coke. Mm-hmm. Because Coke has um, the names on the models now. Yep. And their campaign is share a Coke with. Mm-hmm. And then every time you get a, a plastic bottle, it has a different name on it. And mm-hmm. people will post it, you know, if they find mm-hmm. a friend's name or if they find their own name or whatever, they'll mm-hmm. they'll post it. It's really interesting. Right. Yeah, I mean, that is one of those that, you know, whoever came up with that idea really needed to get a big bonus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be completely honest with you, if I'm going to choose between Coke and Pepsi now, it's mm-hmm. going to be Coke because I want to see what, what name of the bottle I'm right. going to get. Right. Well, you know, I live in Atlanta, so mm-hmm. we don't have a choice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, you know, I, I that's really one. Of, and I drank Coke before. I mean, Pepsi to me right. is too no, sweet, so we really yeah. digress. But mm-hmm. um but that's a, a, a how just an example of how a market has taken over. When you're here, you ask for a Coke, and the the word here is synonymous with soda. So then they right. will ask you what type of Coke, and I'm like, what do you mean? And <laughs> you know, and I want a Coke Coke. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not I don't want you know that's if I'm asking for a Coke, that's what I want. But uh, you know, it's that that brand name is just synonymous with that down here. So it's it's always Absolutely. fun. But, but yeah, you're right. You know, people we get so attached to a brand for whatever reason. But frequently, it was a marketing thing that they did. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, you know, I, I mentioned the fact that your book is is for authors, and it's going to be great that you're doing a series because ugh, that just means we have you on again. Um, <laughs> but the other thing that really piqued my interest in, in reading about you is that, you know, I, I mentioned a lot of people want to be authors. It's mm-hmm. that you are very familiar with TEDx yeah. because people will always tell me, and, and I've had them come to me and say, hey, you know, what do I do? I'm not familiar enough with TEDx. So, hello, now I can just refer clients to you. Sweet, but, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, for people who, because there are people who don't know what TEDx talks are, but tell us about that. And then how does somebody go about becoming a TEDx speaker? Absolutely. Well, I actually fell into it by accident because um, I started out as a virtual assistant mm-hmm. and a couple of my clients wanted to be um, TEDx speakers. Uh-huh. And I turned it into part of what I do as a cool. consultant instead. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have a 100 percent success rate getting my clients onto TEDx uh, talks across the country. Mm-hmm. And that includes now myself. I, mm-hmm. I sort of said I had a, a success rate and I was right. like, okay, if mm-hmm. I can't do this for myself, mm-hmm. then I, then it's not valid. So right. I did it for myself and um, I'm not a speaker uh, yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, if I, what I say is if I could do it, anybody could do it. Um, and basically uh, the, the thing about TEDx is you have to have an idea worth spreading that's their tagline. Mm-hmm. And what that means is you want to have a really, really succinct and catchy takeaway. Mm-hmm. And that includes a sentence and it also includes one or two words that mean something. Okay. So for example, um, my, my TED talk is about jazz mm-hmm. and um, how jazz musicians were innovators mm-hmm. and what the business world can learn from jazz. So mm-hmm. my word is jazzpreneur. And that's the name of my TED talk. Um, mm-hmm. My friend Dory um, j- recently did one, um, and it's called "Future Proof Your Career." Mm-hmm. So, "Future Proof" is the, that like grabbing phrase. Mm-hmm. 
And the more catchy uh, that phrase ends up being, the better for your video views and everything like that. So what you need is you need that uh, word or two. You need a, a sentence that's really succinct about your idea. Mm-hmm. And then you need a good pitch. And your pitch has to have research behind it. So you can't get up there and just for 15 or 18 minutes or whatever it is, talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like, this is how I overcame X, Y, Z, there has to be some science science behind it. There has okay. to be some research. Um, and that has to be really clear in your pitch. You need a 90-second video. Um, some some um, applications are a little bit more extensive than others, depending on how big the TEDx is. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about TEDx is it's um, an independently produced TED. Mm. So... You find the the organizer on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You might have some contacts, um, some contacts in common. Mm-hmm. You can email them, talk to them, respect their theme. Some of them have themes, others don't. Mm-hmm. So really respect what their theme is about and craft, you know, just um, craft the pitch to them. And it's really a numbers game. Um, you know, I what I do with my clients and the reason I'm able to package it is because I pitch everybody in the country that they can go to. Okay. So um, basically, if you pitch to one, you probably won't get it. But if you pitch to 50, you'll probably get one. Okay. Now, are they always, are TED events always live? Um, yes. So uh, okay. you do have to go to the live event. Um, okay. Some of them, you know, you could get a TED in, you know, I don't know, North Dakota or whatever. <laughs> so so um, you might not have thousands there. You never know. Exactly. And And the thing about TED is the first license, I believe, caps the audience at a hundred um, attendees or 120 or something like that. And then there's another license that, that the organizers can buy that, that makes it bigger. But like, oh, for okay. example, um, Philadelphia uh, TEDx Philly is something like 1200 attendees every year. Mm-hmm. So, but the point, the whole point of Ted of Ted at this point is really, to be honest, to get that video. Mm-hmm. Because that you put on your social, you get your, uh, your, you know, you put it on your website. That does wonders for your social proof Mm because now you're a TED speaker, Mm -hmm. a TEDx speaker. Right. You know, I saw a funny post the other day on Facebook where Mm -hmm. someone was saying that, that they knew somebody who had been a TEDx speaker five times. Yeah. And they said, do we see that now as a negative? And I thought, why? I mean, the the fact that they were good enough to go 10 or go five times or whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I th- saw that as a positive. They saw it Absolutely. as a negative. I was very interested in it. I thought that was kind of unusual. Well, you know, and also the thing about social media is that there will always be negative. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know there will always be people who say negative things. So I, I, I take that as a sign as like haters or a sign that you've made it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and you're right. I'm guessing that person more than likely had done some TED pitches and was right. not accepted. Right. And so, well, hey, this person's done it five times, so it must not mean all that much. Right. <laughs> exactly. See, I put tone into it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, that I think the tone was inherent in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love it. I'm looking on the the TED website right now as as we're <laughs> speaking, and yeah, it it be and I'll be honest, I've never even watched a TED talk. Actually, I take that back. I've had some guests who have been TED mm-hmm. speakers, and so I've watched their their presentation because it's you know fairly short. Yeah. But, you know, they're around the world. They are, as you said, topic specific. I mean, they're talking about one here called uh, TEDx Sing Sing. And Sing Sing is the, the, the prison, the correctional facility in mm-hmm, New York mm-hmm. where they had, you know, speakers that went there. So, I mean, it's just all these different fascinating places that you can go to and speak. Now, clearly, they're not going to pay your expenses. You know, all these people right. who are public speakers who, mm-hmm. you know, well, I will only go if you will pay my expense. no. But it's like you said, you're wanting that prestige of being a TED speaker. Mm-hmm. You're wanting that video, all those other things. And, you know, shoot, folks, if you're doing this and it's not local, set up other business meetings. Use this as a, as a write-off for your business. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it is a write-off for your business, mm-hmm. no matter, you know, even if even if you just go for the right. event, for example. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, if you do want to become a speaker, um, now you have a really great video mm-hmm. of you on a really great stage mm-hmm. and that means something. And so you can always say, now you can say, if somebody wants you to come speak, say here, I have proof mm-hmm. that I can do this and I can right. do this well. Mm-hmm. I love this, you know, and, and, and it is something that people tell me probably at least once a week, I would love to be a TEDx speaker. Yeah. And 
and and like I said, I since I don't have a lot of knowledge about it, I can't really address it for them. But now I know enough to be dangerous, um, you know. And, and <laughs> but I still, you know, I wouldn't promote them or do anything like that because I I don't know how to do it. But I can at least ask the questions and say, do you have that special topic? What's Absolutely. going to set you apart? You know, can mm-hmm. you do it as fifteen minutes? You know, so many speakers have our you know our one hour keynote programs or, or whatever it is. Or there are the people who are used to doing 30 second videos, you know, right. all those various things. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I'll encourage them to obviously do more research into it because people just think, well, hey, that sounds like fun. I'll go do that without actually knowing more about it. Right. And it's a very specific, very niche thing. Watch as many if you're going to uh, pitch. Mm-hmm. My my, I, my advice would be watch as many as you can mm-hmm. and see how they how the really successful speakers integrate um, both stories about themselves mm-hmm. and stories about, you know, that, that they, they come by from research mm-hmm. because it's, it's a really delicate balance and, you know, people do want to hear your story on the TED stage. Mm-hmm. They really do. They want to hear how you overcame something or, you know, why you're an expert on the topic. Mm-hmm. Right. Fun, fun. Well, you know, let's let's go back to talking about social media. And mm-hmm. so what are your tips for people so that they can really take their presence to the next level? So for those that um, are, are already on social media, um, my advice to you is uh, really get consistent. Mm-hmm. Really, absolutely. That's the first thing. Get consistent. The second thing is see what kind of fun campaign you can come up with okay. um, that makes people return to your page. Mm-hmm. For example, um, on in, on uh, Instagram and Twitter, there's Motivation Monday. Mm-hmm. There's Tuesday Thoughts. There's Wednesday Wisdom. Throwback Thursday, for example. Mm-hmm. If you've been in business for a while, how about you post your, your picture from when you first opened your, your office? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a really great throwback Thursday and it's going to make people say like, wow, you've come so far or, you know, here's mine, for example. Um, So see if you can come up with something on your own. Um, You know, for example, I used to work uh, with a gaming uh, app Mm -hmm. and they they were a space game and they were really popular and um, they did all of their marketing on social media. They did no marketing anyplace else, actually. Right. And that, that makes sense. I mean, that's that's their platform. Yeah. And they um, they came up with World Wednesday. And every Wednesday we posted about a different planet in their world, mm-hmm. in, in the game. And it was so much fun because users would come on and they'd comment and they'd post their world, mm-hmm. you know. And it really became... You know, it really wasn't about selling. It was about making making a community. Mm-hmm. So that's part of bringing your social to the next level is making community. Right. And then the other thing, and you talk about this on your book, in your book, and, and you know, we've obviously been talking about it here, is getting that engagement. Mm-hmm. You know, asking those questions, getting people to talk. Because, of course, you know, if, if, if I comment on, say, your, your business page, then it goes into my feed. And Absolutely. so then people see that. And I think that's the one thing where people really are forgetting is they're just posting, here's, here's our meme of the day or our picture of the day or here's a quote or, you know, all those various things. And they're not saying you know, give us examples. What have you seen? Whatever it is, you know, to get people to actually comment and engage with you. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, sometimes that doesn't even help you. It helps the people who are commenting. You know what I mean? Like, like somebody else in your community might answer somebody else's question. Mm -hmm. Right. And really what you're doing is you're just creating a conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. It's funny. I'm kind of scrolling through Facebook here, just looking for examples. So here's one. Now, this is a sponsored post, and it says, Mm -hmm. become a video marketing superhero. Grab footage worthy of big screen and use it for your small business. Period. Mm. (laughs) See, you had the same reaction I did. Yeah. You know, it would be so easy to add something in there. Who's your superhero? Um, You know, uh, anything and everything to get people to respond to say, hey, you know, this is is what's going on, um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and that's really where you, you know, engagement, as you mentioned, that's what makes Facebook post it, you know, because it wants to promote the, the cool kids and the exactly. cool kids have, you know, and, and it doesn't want to show people, you know, the posts that, that are never there. 
You know, and that's a, the catch twenty two. I always tell people that's that's really the hard part. If you have a business page, is people won't even see your posts unless they have engaged in it. You know, liked, exactly. shared, all those things. But they don't see it unless they've done that. So mm-hmm. you know, and and so that's why I tell them if your personal page is acceptable, you know, and and a lot of people keep their personal and their business very separate, and that's perfectly fine. But mm-hmm. if you share the things on your personal page and get them to engage with the post there, then that will start driving it higher and higher. Exactly. And the other thing, um, and I mentioned this in my book, but I think it's worth mentioning, is that no one will see everything that you post. Right. But everybody will see something. Mm-hmm. So if you post once about your book, mm-hmm. most people won't see it. Like I have a friend who did a GoFundMe um, for, for medical reasons. Mm-hmm. And we, we were uh, actually coming home from from, uh, from roller derby and we were talking and she says, oh, yeah, I posted this thing and nobody really responded to it. And I said, I'm on social media all the time right. and I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. So when did you post it? And she said, oh, two weeks ago. And I said, post it again. Right. <laughs> so like, you know, the, the point being that if you post something once, nobody's going to see it. But if mm-hmm. you have to post it many times in creative ways mm-hmm. in order for people to start seeing it and to stay interested. Right. You know, and. And I, I, they finally got away from doing these silly studies. Anyhow, I don't see them anymore of, you know, the time to, the optimal time yeah. to post on yeah. Facebook is 2 p.m. <laughs> because aside from anything, then everybody else posted at 2 p.m. and you got lost in the clutter. Right. <laughs> but you need to post when the people you're trying to reach might be online. You know, so Absolutely. if you're trying to reach mothers, mm-hmm. well, more than likely you know, a late evening, say nine o'clock might be yeah. the best time to reach mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, years ago we did, uh, when I was with the American Cancer Society, we ran a television campaign that was for young mothers and they said, Oh yeah. And the station, you know, this was when stations had to give away airtime to, to nonprofits. And they said, we will run that ad during the 6 PM news. I said, nice, Mm -hmm. but no. And they went, why? And I said, because they're fixing dinner then they're not watching TV. I said, I want this to run Mm -hmm. at two in the morning. And they were just totally flummoxed. They said, why on yeah. earth will we do that? I said, because that's when they're up and they're watching TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. right. And it, it really depends on uh, who you're marketing. And, and it could be odd times, mm-hmm. you know, like for instance, if you're reaching um, mothers who's, who, who are stay at home mothers, mm-hmm. you might uh, post at three o'clock or if, if it's a radio thing, you might be on at three o'clock because they're in the car going to pick right. their kids from school. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have to put on our, our thinking caps and keep trying. You know, that's mm-hmm. the other thing that you talk about in, in your book is some days you post and nothing happens. And, exactly. you know, so try it again, you know, rewrite it, tweak it, different time of day, all those various things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes it's really just as simple as changing up the colors on your on your graphics. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for example, I, ha- I had a client who um, he's got a amazing LinkedIn following and mm-hmm. we were doing all these black and white graphics, infographics. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden engagement dropped off. And I said, you know what? I know black and white is part of your brand, but let's try color. Right. A little spot color. Yeah. And, and it worked. Mm-hmm. It just engagement went up and it's never gone down since. Mm-hmm. So like, it could be something as simple as that. Right. I love it. And, you know, the other thing, and we're not even going to have time to talk about this, is to analyze that. Look and see. You know, if you're posting at 2 p.m. every single day and nobody ever engages, mm-hmm. then stop posting at 2 p.m. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, so many tools out there for measuring the success of your of your social media efforts that we just ignore, you know. So, mm-hmm. so look at those things. Absolutely. Well, holy schmoly, Marie, we are out of time. So tell people where they find you and connect with you online. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'm always on Facebook for work, <laughs> which means that I'm always on Facebook. Um, Twitter is Avant Everything, and Instagram is also Avant Everything. My website is incontrera.com, mm-hmm. and my email is marie.incontrera at gmail.com. Perfect. And of course, your book is Social Your, which is part of a series. Can't wait to talk to you again. So Social Your book launch, and it can be found on Amazon. And I'm well, actually just on Amazon, right? Because it's a Kindle. 
Yes, that's okay. correct. Perfect, perfect. Well, I have been having a fabulous time talking with Marie and Contrera. I am Deb Creer, and until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.